beautiful souls who are on their healing journey. This is Mala Rimsha. We're here to speak our truth through radical vulnerability. We look forward to sharing the most profound insights we have picked up along the way and provide you the tools in living your most abundant and joyful life. We're so excited you're joining us on our journey. So today we want to talk about navigating healthy and successful relationships. This is one that is meaningful to me. I've been working on this for 19 years. I've been married for 19 years with my spouse. And it's just been a beautiful journey. And there's been a lot. There's been ups and downs. And, you know, I really would have to say that, you know, we've always had kind of above average marriage and relationship. And I think people could see that. We just really loved each other deeply. And as life evolved and as we had children, we started to lose kind of who we were in the middle of just working a a job, making money, providing, having kids. I think we both just started to lose ourselves. And also coming into the relationship with our own, you know, personal traumas or struggles and not learning healthy communication from the homes that we were raised in, that obviously impacted the relationship. And although we were doing the best that we could from the information that we knew, we both were, you know, creating maybe these wedges in the relationship and not knowing how to manage and work through that. And it got to a point where, you know, just several years ago, we just life started hitting. It just started getting very difficult Mm -hmm. and stuff was coming up and life was getting so heavy for me. And that's when I realized, okay, I need to, you know, that's when I sat with plant plant medicine. And that's really when that cracked the egg open from me feeling like I was living this kind of like robotic life, the domestication that I was told I was supposed to live. This is how I'm supposed to be as a wife. This is how I'm supposed to be as a mother. Mm -hmm. Just all the roles that I really worked hard to abide by and told that this is where happiness is going to be, you know, following my religion and just almost kind of acting like a a child that's just following the rules from their parent, telling them what to do and just realizing, okay, like, okay, I'm doing everything. I'm checking all the boxes. Why am I not happy? And I know my my husband would say that. He's like, gosh, he was getting so frustrated because he's like, I just don't know if I can ever make you happy. Hmm. And it was so hard for me to hear that. Like, oh, just because he said it so sincere I'm like, it's true. Like on paper, logically, I should be happy. We're doing okay financially. We finally have kids. We went through infertility for eight years. That was devastating and challenging. And I wouldn't wish that on anybody. But we got through that. We were able to have a child and we had a nice home that we owned. Like we loved each other. Like what else, what else is there? But somehow I just felt like this emptiness inside. And it was frustrating to me because it's like I could see that. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, what do I do about this? How do I well, how do I just get happy? And I have everything. And then I'm feeling like spoiled and entitled and this isn't good enough. And like how, you, how do you get to the roots of that? And for me, and I feel like I'd been searching for that my whole life. I tried to do therapy and do different workshops and trainings because it's like I felt like there's got to be more to this life than this. I feel like I should be able to feel in my head on paper that's like, no, you have everything. You should be happy. Well, why am I not feeling that? Where's the disconnect? What's going on? And so that was the, that's where everything shifted and started. 
Um, and that's where me and my spouse really started diving in and looking at a relationship of what's working, what's not working. And so we both took a deep dive and it was then starting to have conversations and arguments and, you know, it can be easy to have a, just a basic life and not argue and you could pride yourself on, oh, me and my husband never have arguments, but, but do you really talk about things? Or is it just, we take care of the kids and then we go to sleep at night? Like, is that something to be super proud of? Is it meaningful? Is it deep? Is it this deep intimacy that you want? Mm -hmm. And again, there's not a right or wrong. It's just, what do you want to experience in this life? And for me, I wanted something deeper. So for me, that was a big deal to me to figure this out. And I think that's cool that I always had just this, like my core that just was kind of speaking to me of like, no, there's more, there's more. And other people could have said like, gosh, well, you just don't like, you just don't think it's good enough and maybe you just need to be happy with what you have. And so that's why we have to be able to trust ourselves mm -hmm. and not listen to other people and their voices because their experiences are different than ours. Yeah. And that would have provided me a big disservice if I would have kept listening to people, which I really did that most of my life and it wasn't serving me. It's just, okay, I have this feeling inside. No one else maybe understands it or know what I'm talking about. They don't need to. It's just searching that out for myself, honoring myself. Um, so yeah, we, you know, had these plant medicine journeys that were very impactful for us. And that's when I realized, oh, we don't have this deep like intimacy that I really want. Um, it's kind of, I don't know, just a little bit more basic. I still, again, I think it was, we always had an above average marriage mm -hmm. that most people would probably be envious of, but I wanted more. I wanted deeper. And, you know, just realizing, okay, if I'm the creator of this world, if I'm the goddess of this world, I want to feel that and I want to have it, everything. The goddess and God, they, they have everything, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's just, it's just been interesting digging in. So it was, the truth is, is when we started digging in, like those were some difficult years. We both had to start like sharing like ways where we had lied to each other and betrayed each other and didn't communicate with each other in ways where, you know, I really hurt him. He said, you know, when we were, you know, when he got married, he, he thought that like he felt good about who he was. He had his confidence. He knew who he was. And in the marriage, the way I was approaching things was kind of tearing him down. I didn't know this, but, you know, my mom was always pretty like very like negative with my dad and would talk down on him and just just a negative energy continuously so I can see where I got that energy from and just having tone and sarcasm and not being able to speak my truth in a kind way that's what I brought to the relationship and and truly by my actions and the way I would speak with him he would feel like he just wasn't good enough mm -hmm. like he would do, help do the dishes or clean up and do stuff and it's like I would find well you didn't do this and you know you didn't do this part and so I think my mind did go to like, oh, how do we make things perfect? How do we improve on it? And so my mind kind of just went there of trying to make things better. And in my mind, I'm thinking, oh, this is good. I'm like always improving, evolving, whatever, not realizing the damage that I was actually doing. And so the truth was he started to lose his confidence in who he was and kind of just almost dying inside. And it's that's really sad that I have to own that piece. That's what I brought to it. And the truth is there's things that he brought um, that were hurtful for me, him not listening to me, him not validating me. You know, I would, you know, like I'd feel like I can carry a lot. I can do a lot of 
you know, I can work hard. And he would like, he, I, I would see him doing a lot of work mm-hmm. and then like juggling whatever he's juggling. And I'm like, Oh, a ball's dropping. And I would just run over and I would grab it mm-hmm. and I'd start juggling it. And I was like, Oh, he's dropping another one. I'd run over and I would grab it. So then he's coming down to juggling five balls and I have like 25. And the truth is he never asked me to, mm. to do that. And also, but I would get resentful because I would run because it's like, well, what, what, don't you see me? Don't you see all these things that I'm doing for you? Like there's no appreciation there. And so this is where like, you know, I would get resentful and frustrated that like he's not seeing me in, or appreciating what I'm doing. And then his point is, well, I never asked you to do that. Mm-hmm. But that's also hurtful too. So I don't know, now looking back at it, so I can see both sides of ways where, and he would say little belittling comments to me and I didn't notice it because I was used to being talked to that way in the home I was raised in. And so anyways, it's just been these past few years is just digging in and looking, breaking all of that down and having to own and take accountability for the ways where I showed up that caused him hurt and pain. And then for him doing the same. And, but we've worked really hard to talk through these things, to work through these things, to do different medicines, to talk to a therapist and get different tools of how to improve on these things. And I'm really, really proud of where, where we're at 19 years later. And anyone, any relationship can last and can improve and can create this beautiful, Mm -hmm. beautiful relationship. But it does take both takes two to to create that and that's the sad thing that I see is you know I've got friends where they're just they're willing to go to therapy they're willing to do all this work and they're they're doing everything and their spouse is just doing the bare bare minimum and just holding on by a thread and it's just if they're not willing to take accountability and look at their stuff then some of those marriage maybe it's not worth holding on to or staying in did you did you ever get to that point where it felt like that you were only doing all the work or that it was, the work was imbalanced. Yeah, it, it really did at the beginning, like it, well, most of it when I was trying to improve on the marriage with what the world had to offer, which typically was just going to a therapist. That's kind of all I knew about. It's mm-hmm. like, okay, if you have a problem, it's like you get medication or you go to a, th- a talk therapist. Yeah. And, and then I'd heard about this um, training, this impact training that was in Bluffdale in Utah And so I went to that and it was amazing. It was an experiential training and I learned a lot from it. And I really wanted him to go to that because I felt I could really benefit our relationship. And he's like, oh no, like I have no interest in that. And if you want to do therapy, you go ahead. So there was a lot of things where I was trying Mm -hmm. with the options that were available to me. And so that was a little frustrating that like, okay, you're not willing to put in the energy and time into this. And I am, I'm willing to do whatever I need and take accountability on my part. But the truth is there was things that he needed to shift to. It wasn't just me. I'm very, I easily go into just taking accountability of my part. And I I'm talk about what I did wrong. And it's like, but oftentimes that's not the case on, on his end, you know. And sometimes I, I just, I need to hear that. I need to, I want to be validated. I want to hear like, okay, well, what are you, what are you working on? So yeah, the truth is that was hard that he wasn't joining me on that journey. But it was interesting that after my first, you know, plant medicine journey that I did, it's like he just felt the shifts on me on such a deep level that that was the first time in our entire life that he was like actually asked to and wanted to mm-hmm. do a ceremony for himself. So it was like, oh, wow, that's 
That's pretty amazing. Because it must have been some really big shifts in energy for me for him to choose in because all these other things that I did, he didn't choose in and he didn't want to. So it was life-changing. And then we took this journey together and we both, anytime we get stuck in unlooping patterns, it's like, okay, time to sit with intention, time to take this to a ceremony and be intentional and to root these things out. And it's just been just so beautiful. I'm so proud of what we've created. And now it's just like, there's just so much love, this deep love. And, you know, people will say, oh, you know, the love changes when you get married and it's different, it's deeper. And oh, it's not as exciting and passionate about like it was when we first got married and when, or when we were dating. And I am so happy that I get to say that that is not our case. Mm-hmm. And like the passion that we have for each other is so much deeper and real than it ever was. Like it's like when we were dating, but like on steroids, <laughs> you know, and that's 19 years and we have 11 year old boy and eight year old girl. Mm-hmm. We have children and just the way that he looks at me and the way that I look at him, just this passionate, just like, oh, I want to take you right now. Mm-hmm. And like, it's playful and it's fun and we can be naughty with each other. We can talk with each other. We can talk about our fantasies with each other. We can be silly, playful. We work hard. We communicate. You know, we're, I'm helping him with his business. So we're very intertwined and involved with each other's life. And so it's a lot to figure out to keep that marriage and relationship with that much, you know, working together in so many different ways. And it's just so rewarding to just, I feel so safe with him. So, so content, so loved, so adored. And the truth is it took me speaking my truth Mm -hmm. and letting him know what I need. And I wasn't able to do that before. I didn't know how to do that. And so I would get resentful because I just like, I wanted him to read my mind. Hey, we've been married for this long, 16, 17 years. You should know me by now. And I think oftentimes many of us do that in relationships. We expect that person to be like, no, you're the closest person to me. Like you should be able to just see me and know that there's something going on and ask the questions. And and it's just not (laughs) the best way to go. I've been realizing it really does take like me speaking my truth and saying, hey, you know, this is, this thing is hurting me or I need you right now. And this is an experience that I want to share too, that I think is a good example. Recently, I, someone, I was helping somebody else, somebody out that needed assistance. So I gave them money. They were about to be evicted. They have a bunch of children and I gave them a bunch of money and I gave them jewelry for my business so they could sell to earn money. And I just put so much energy into it. And then you know, I just sent her this message and let her know like, hey, just so you know, I won't be able to offer you as much of this, this jewelry because we're going to sell some of it in my husband's new business. And she just kind of went off on me and it was really hurtful. It was really hurtful and just kind of like making me feel like I can't even sell some of my own jewelry in my own space. And like she was entitled to it. It was just the whole thing was just kind of crazy, but it hurt because I gave so much. I really did care about this family and wanted to offer what I had. And so I came to my husband and I approached it like this. Um, hey, do you want to, do you want to hear some drama? And he's like, no, actually I don't. He was in a really good space. He was glazing pottery in the garage. And I just kind of got quiet. And then he finished what he was doing and he left back to the garage. And I was just like feeling hurt inside and just quiet. Like, oh, that's like not what I, that's not the response that I wanted. Mm-hmm. And then he came back in like an hour later and I came back to him again. Like, okay, I'm going to give him a second chance. Like, hey, and I can't remember how I worded it, but it was just something like, hey, 
just wanting to sh- share this information with him because I, I, my inner child or myself, I wanted to be validated. I wanted to be heard. I wanted to, I wanted to share this with my partner. I wanted him to like be there for me and support me as my partner, you know? And anyways, I approached it again, kind of the same thing. Like I, sorry, no, you're super sleazy right now. (laughs) Yeah. So I just didn't approach it in a good way again. Mm -hmm. It was kind of like asking him a question and then I got kind of like annoyed with it and kind of tone like, okay. And kind of pushed him away. And then he was frustrated and then he went back in the garage and anyways, so we, I could only see my perspective though. Correct. And I would tell the story and I've been told you, I'm like, you know, he's just not good at holding space for me. I'm, I'm great at holding space for him. When he mm-hmm. drops his frustrations with work, I'm there. Mm-hmm. And then when I go to him, like he just can't hold space for me. And I'm like, I guess I just got to, I can't share with my partner. I've got to go share with you or somebody else. But inside I'm like, but I want to share with my partner. I want that to be the person that I can go to and feel safe with. And I told myself this story and I really... I couldn't see it any other way. Mm-hmm. I really thought in my head, like, what else can I do? And then we had a talk like a day later when we were both in a good place and out of the emotions or the triggered phase, you know, and he let me know, Mel, I've always been here for you. I will drop anything and everything if and when you really need me. He's like, but you've got to let me know that. You have got to let, like, speak that, say that. Let me know, hey, babe someone shared something that was really hurtful or said something really hurtful to me. Like, I need you right now. Can you, are you in a space where you can like listen in to me or maybe give me some advice or hold me or whatever it is being direct with our communication. And I realized I'd never been really direct with my communication or when I did, I was already angry. Mm-hmm. I didn't do it in the space where I was like feeling like the hurt, the, the sensitive, which is more easy to respond to when someone comes to you like, Hey, I'm feeling really hurt right now. Someone hurt my feelings. It's really hard to say no to that person. Mm-hmm. No, sorry, I'm too busy. Mm-hmm. Like, even if you are busy, I would be like, oh no, this is more important. I will be with you. That stuff can wait. Always people's emotions and feelings and their hearts are more important than anything else. Mm-hmm. Everything else is secondary to that. And I feel like human nature, most of us naturally would feel that same way. You know, it's got to be a pretty cruel person if you come bearing your heart. Like, I'm really hurting. Can you please hold space for me and hold me? And they're like, no, that's probably a red flag that maybe that's a relationship that you don't want to stay in. (laughs) But if you go and speak that clear communication, oftentimes our partners or a person will show up. And, but we don't give them that space to. And at least that was my, that's what I was doing. Because I wasn't shown that. I never saw that in the home that I was raised in. Mm -hmm. I didn't see those conversations. I didn't hear them. I didn't feel them. I didn't. I didn't experience that. And so, again, I'm just doing the best that I can as really a child in an adult body. <laughs> it's like this child that wasn't healed or get this training that they need. And so, anyways, I got triggered. And But when we had that conversation, you know, the next day, I was able to hear his side. And the truth was I wouldn't have been able to hear his side in that moment. Mm-hmm. And that's where I want to really point out how important it is to hold space or to give ourselves space when we need it. So if you ever get triggered, it's like, and you get emotional, it's never the time to have conversations with anyone. You know, you're you're not going to hear, they're not going to hear you because you're going to come in from a space of anger, frustration, tone, mm-hmm. and their defenses are going to go up immediately. So that is these fine-tuning that we're doing in our relationship. Like, that's what we're working on. It's like we've worked on so much, and now we're just, like, dusting the little the little cobwebs. The little, oh, there's a little, oh, there's a little dot. There's a little dust in that corner there. And we're like, oh, well, I don't want the dust. 
and I don't, I don't want it. I want mm-hmm. everything, you know, and so does he. And we're creating that together. And I just want to give people hope that that's possible. If you have the, a partner that's willing to work on it. Again, it does take two people. You can't force it. Mm-hmm. One side can't do it all. One person can't juggle everything and think that that's going to carry the relationship. That doesn't work. And you're just going to burn out. And so it's just, I'm proud of what we've created. And yeah. I'm proud that I'm able to take accountability and ownership for the parts where I, I didn't do it in a good way. And it does come down to like speaking, speaking my truth in a good way and saying what I need, setting boundaries of, hey, I'm not comfortable with this. Yeah, it's been beautiful for me firsthand to witness because I feel like I don't know if anybody else can say that, but I've like firsthand witnessed the very darkest times that you guys have gone through and the very most beautiful. And it's been beautiful to see, you know, both of the growth individual and also together. But, you know, I, I can't say that I know how to have a successful relationship because I'm just scraping the surface of it. But I think what I've seen successful with you guys is that, I mean, your husband has done such an incredible job. Like he's such a creative, sensitive being. And he has, that is the truth. He's always shown up for you. And he does a really good job at communicating what he needs. Yeah. And so I think this whole time for the past 19 years, he's been actually teaching you how to ask for what you need he's been actually setting that example but I think there was maybe a little bit of envy of how he's able to feel his things how he's able to communicate what he needs yeah how he's able to take space when he needs he honors himself fully and I can really relate to that with him and also admire that fully because a lot of men are not able to do that so I think that it's it's you know hindsight 2020 I can see now that actually he's been teaching you that lesson for you So that you guys could evolve and not only speak for yourself, speak for what you need in relationship, but anywhere else, you know, and it's easy to people please and give give to other because you are in the service where we want to do good for others. But you're if you're self-sacrificing and not asking for the breaks that you need and the spaces that you need, nobody can read your mind. You know, so I think he's set a really good example and you've done an incredible job at always seeking out ways like you never give up. That those words like never came through you. Like I'm giving up. I surrender. This is done. You know, and that's something I think a lot of people can relate to because they we're so easy to run off. And there's all these things like Tinder and I don't even know what else is out there. <laughs> and where people yeah, just really. seek out outside of themselves instead of doing the work that needs to be done internally. And and you know, personally on my end is I I'm very fortunate where I had a really horrible relationship and then now the relationship is so easy where there's not real, really work much needed. You know, we're very much aligned and where this is where I'm seeing you guys. Like you guys are both finally like spiritually, physically, sexually and emotionally, mentally aligned. You, you see the alignment of the energies, you know, and that's kind of what I'm experiencing. And so there's not much for me to honestly learn from because I'm navigating it and it feels like kind of handed over to me. But I think the one thing I'm doing right is constantly checking my mirror and checking my shadows and see the ways that I'm unconsciously acting and behaving. And then when I find out something that I have done wrong, he never points it out. I always go back to that and I always apologize, take ownership of it, make it clear for the ways maybe I have hurt you that maybe you haven't even noticed, Mm. you know, and I energetically always feel it. The walls immediately drop or the way the walls go up, you know, like. Listen, I've got this fucking superpower. I'm not going to not, you know, I can't, I can't live in the shadows. It's too, it's already there. Like, I, I don't blame other people when they're l- perpetuating some things. But for me, like, I can't, if I see the truth, I can't run away from it. You know, and for me recently, it was that I had these expectations. And yet, 
I was living in this double standard. And it came to be. And I told him, like, I think, like, this is what I've been doing. And he just smiled and super, like, not blaming, nothing. He's like, yeah, I think so, too. And so I'm proud of you for coming to that realization. I'm like, yeah, and I really apologize from the bottom of my heart for living that way. And I am getting more and more clarity. And I'm going to do the right thing. And, and I apologize for all the ways that I've unconsciously hurt you by doing these and expecting these things out of you by while letting myself be just all free and doing whatever the heck my heart desires. Um, so there's always, you know, self, I, it ultimately always go back to yourself. This is, I don't know much, but what I do know is that all the work that needs to be done is actually nothing external of you. Even relationships, like what I saw with you two, yes, the work needed to be done together, but really the work that helped you both um, heal through was the individual work was looking at your own shadows was looking deep into your life and realizing where it was coming from and then providing for yourself now Australian was always really good at providing for himself he was good at protecting himself and asking for what he needs but you didn't you know so mm -hmm. it was been really beautiful to see you evolve and nurturing yourself and um, asking for when you need your space held and knowing when to like okay this person is not safe for me so I will go to the person that is mm -hmm. and you know, meeting your needs, which is really incredible. But I think the last point would be the most amazing thing for me, what I'm witnessing right now is you guys are still going to therapy. We have this view of therapy as is 911 prayer. Like it has to be the, we're about to, this is the end of it. So we need to go save this. Yeah. And the therapy is like the last resort. But, and this is something I've been doing too. Like we do monthly meetings just with each other. We don't have a therapist um, where we talk about the things that haven't worked this cycle, this mm -hmm. month, and things that we should celebrate. And it's been really beautiful to constantly reflect. And that's how the growth and evolution happens. I and love you guys, that. And you guys do it too through a therapist. And I think yeah. it's really amazing. Yeah. And I, you know what I like about that? What we used to do with a therapist, it would just be like when our butts are on fire yeah. and we're like, okay, we're things are really rough right now. All right. Yeah we have a fight or an argument it's like all right whatever we need to talk this out with a the therapist because you're not hearing me I'm not hearing you we're only seeing our own sides we obviously need a third party and then we call them and it, it just felt like it was urgent but what I like now is he's like well would you like to get like on a schedule like monthly I'm like you know what yeah let's let's do that and because then we know when we meet with that person it's like okay like whatever happened this month it's not like six months of stuffing it it's like mm -hmm. what little tweaks can we tweak and right now the last appointment it was really cool to see um, it only lasted 45 minutes. We just literally had nothing else to say. <laughs> like that's never happened in the history of ever. <laughs> we're like, yeah, that, that's it. We're, we're good, man. <laughs> and it was cool. We were just like right now we're just navigating, you know, like he has this new um, pottery business that he created in the Valley and I'm helping out with that. I'm a marketing major and business major. I've ran several of my own businesses. He's ran businesses. So we're both savvy to it, but there's areas that I'm really good at that I can help out with and he doesn't have time to do it all and I'm happy to help out. So um, anyways, but it's navigating, you know, that's a lot of working together. Like, and our therapist was really cool. He's like, okay, you guys need to figure out like how often do you guys want to have a business meeting? Mm -hmm. What does that look like? So it's like, okay, we're thinking once a week for an hour or two, a couple hours. And it's like, okay, when you go in that meeting, then what do you want to dress each other as? You know, like it's not going to be honey. He's like, if you say honey, we're going we're gonna to get HR. We're going to get HR out and they're going to come and they're going to write you up. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and he was just so cute about it. Like, no, you need to change the energy. Like, don't have your business meeting in the bedroom. Yeah. You know, like, and then know like, okay, we're going to a business meeting. Like, I'm not your spouse right now. I'm your business partner. Mm -hmm. When I talk about things, this isn't, if I say something that needs to be improved, it's not because I'm saying you're not good enough or 
you know, or, you know, don't take it personally. This is, this is about business and how do we improve on the business to make it the best that we can. And let's talk about that. So even things like that, managing, you know, businesses and relationships, I think it's really cool to get a third party perspective. And we got some really good tools from them and it Mm -hmm. was fun and it was cute how we said things and we're like, oh, we really like that. And so it's just been really, really helpful. So it's nice to use these resources that are out there to help us just improve. And again, it doesn't have to be like, oh, everything's falling apart. We're desperate for it. And then it's just this rough thing. It's like, no, let's keep up on it. Let's keep up on it until until it's only 45 minutes. <laughs> and then you know, oh, maybe we don't need these. And in fact, I said, okay, I'm like, I don't think we need to come next month, but like, let's push it out two months. Let's start extending it, but I want to have it on the calendar so it's there again, so it's not when things are extreme. And I like that. I like that way of living life. So that's why we just want to share some of the things that's working for me in our relationship and give you guys permission to do the same thing. Yeah. If it works for you. you it's know? a really good idea. I was like, wow, that's amazing. They're still seeing a therapist because they have nothing to work on. And, you know, me and Matthew have been doing these meetings like since we started dating, like mm. since December. So, yeah, we would do like consciously sit down. We used to do it monthly and then it started being like just, sorry, weekly. And then we would do it monthly. And so, and it's now we're keeping it monthly. So yeah. we just like sit down, we just talk about all the things that have gone right and all the things that have gone wrong and really like were there some things that you're still holding on to? Do you want to work through them? Mm. And that has come up recently and it was beautiful. It's like, no, yeah, let's let's work through it. And, you know, we're just crying for an hour together just happily that we worked through something that felt like a huge uh, wall for him. And, and so it's important to communicate. That seems like it's like a very wow. basic fucking thing that a lot of people don't do. And yeah. quite frankly, that was the case in my previous where it was like once I would come in, I wanted to have the hard conversations and the other party doesn't. And that's where the key, I think, takeaway that you can get is that it has to be a two way road. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that the, your partner has to work the same exact way you are but the work needs to be done. So whether you want to utilize plant medicine and the other person just wants to utilize their own sovereign like inner work mm-hmm. that they want to do through journaling or whatever else means, yeah. like you honor that. But as long as there's like equal work that's being done, it's necessary. Otherwise, you know, it's important to gauge that it's okay to not have a successful relationship. It's okay to step out of it and seek something that serves you better, you know, mm-hmm. which was the case for me where it was just completely one-sided. And it was one-sided on his end too. There were things that he was doing that I wasn't doing. Mm-hmm. So, and now being in this, you know, sacred divine union where I can see there's this, always this balance. And when there is imbalance, it's being communicated because your spouse is not going to always be your rock just because he's a man. You know, there will be times you will have to show up as a as a rock and then there will be times he'll need it. Yeah. You know, you'll need it. So yeah. I think they, they needs to be communicated because we're whole beings. We are not just men and women. We have like masculine and feminine energies. We There will be days where mm-hmm. he will break in pieces and he will need you to pick them up and help need help to pick them up. And then there will be times where you absolutely need it and you crumble and you will ask that, can you be the rock? And that's where the balance is, you know? And these are things me and my partner extensively talk about. And like we communicate explicitly, what are you needing? Do you need me to be the rock? Do you need me to carry this? And I will put my stuff away, you know? And I'll do the same exact, like, okay, this is what you're needing. I will put my shit away, my emotional win. I would put, I will kind of like armor myself like a, like a fucking knight and show up for him, you know? And, and then when it's my turn, then I get to be my gooey's soft feminine self. Mm-hmm. So it's, it is about balance. It is, but communication has to be 
present. Yeah. Like you need to talk about, even if you're confused and lost and don't know, access those feelings. Like just confusion alone is a good, good thing to know. That I'm just confused. I don't know how to move forward with this. And, you, and the more you will use your actual words, like things will come up and you can find the solutions because everything is figure outable, but it has to be a two-way road. Yeah. Yep. And before you have the words, you have to sit down and think about what do I want? What do I need? Mm -hmm. And oftentimes as a woman, I feel like just because I've talked to a lot of other women friends, friends that feel the same way too. And this mm -hmm. could be for men too, mm -hmm. but we don't think about what we need. We get lost. And especially once we have kids, it's just serving others, serving others. We get married and these roles and these expectations. I want to be a good wife. I want to be a good partner. I want to be a good mother. And it's like, do I want to be a good person for me? Do I, yeah. like we kind of lose ourselves and go back burner. And that was my experience. And so it's like, I didn't even know what I wanted to communicate it. So we've got to sit down with ourselves. Like, what do I need? What do I want in a relationship? What am I getting out of this relationship? What am I giving in this relationship? And you know, there's some tools too. We learned this from our therapist. I thought was really cool. He's like, okay, when you guys come together, I want you guys to use this 10 point scale. So zero is like, you're at a zero. I have nothing to give. I'm like, I'm useless, you know, yeah. emotionally, physically, whatever you want it to be. And then a 10 is like, I'm doing really great. So when you, your husband or spouse, you come back from work or just whenever you see each other again from a gap, you can just start with like, okay, you know, what number are you at? It's like, I'm at a seven or I'm at a two. And that all you need to know is that number and you know, okay, one, let's say I was planning on having some conversation about the kids, some issues that's happening with the kids. And it's like, if he's at a two and he tells me that, I know that is not the time and a place. Anything below a five, you don't talk about any yeah. important things for the family. It's just going to need to wait. And so you'd get to figure that out with each other and what your numbers are and what that means. And, and then be able, you know, like, okay, if my partner's at a two and I'm at a six, well, I have space that I can offer for him, you know? And if you happen to be both at like a zero, then you know, all right, kids, you're having cold cereal for, for dinner. We're going to give you hugs. You're putting yourself to bed. And we're going to be just watching Netflix on our bed together or crying together or holding each other. So no one needs to feel like, oh, crap, well, I'm at a zero or he's at a zero and I'm at a one. Mm -hmm. Oh, since I'm tiny bit above him, then I have to give that last, straw of energy to this person you don't you know below like a two you realize no at that both of us are not giving anything or expecting anything from each other we're just taking care of ourselves and let's just hold each other and let's just cry together sleep it off and bounce back the next day which happens you know so I thought that was a really cool tool that I think other people can use in their relationships you know and another thing that I realized like you know we went through a whole like faith transition um, leaving the religion that we were in. And it was really cool through that where a lot of people that kind of tears up their marriage and the relationship and they get divorced over that. But that's actually where we fell deeper in love with each other and realized, oh, our love is way deeper than just our beliefs. And, you know, I was going to church and believing and he wasn't. And, but we respected each other. Yeah. He respected me that I still believed and was yeah, going. That's huge, yeah. And I respected him that it wasn't working for him and I didn't want to force him to go with me and he was going with me and I could see like the pain in his eyes of hearing and then he'd come home and he'd be like oh my gosh all these lies that they said and this was wrong and this wasn't right and here's the truth of it look in this book and anyways it just I realized no like if you're going to a like religion or something 
spiritual. It should be uplifting you, making you feel good. And it's doing the opposite. I'm not going to force him to go to hold my hand because I don't want to be alone. I'm not going to do that to him. I love him. And because we both showed up in that way and respecting each other, we had deeper conversations than we ever had before. The love grew deeper. And so I just want to offer that so people know like you don't have to believe the same thing to have a marriage work. In fact, my husband's complete atheist, thinks lights out after this life. I think there's more to it. I don't know what it is, but there's like no point arguing about it. There's no point him trying to prove, oh, there is a God or there isn't a God or whatever it is. It just, it doesn't matter that stuff. It, it really, people think that's so meaningful. It's like, it should be meaningful to you. That should be enough. It doesn't matter. Well, marriages are also really important in most religions, but especially Mormonism and I think that love kind of diminishes and it becomes more about the faith. Like, yeah. oh, I must do this because it's the right thing to do, mm-hmm. abide by the the law, the the religion. And I think that's where the beauty was that when you guys accepted each other for like, no, it's okay, I'm going to let go of this. Um, you started to let go of those those laws that were written in a book and started to establish your own, like, oh, what are we when we, if we're not this marriage yeah. in the church, right? Which is really beautiful challenge. That allows you to kind of deepen in your relationship. Like, okay, wait, I can come up with our own internal laws and things that keep us together. What our left and right lateral limits mm-hmm. are. What are what's our boundaries? What's what do we care about? Why does this matter? It has nothing to do with me being in hell or heaven, but yeah. it's more to do with maybe the love is just sacred because we get to bring beautiful humans in this world and yeah. because we get to choose each other every single day. Mm-hmm. That's that was really cool to also witness. You, know, yeah. you guys get to, got to establish that for yourself. Yeah. And, you know, we've always said we want to teach our kids how to think, not what to think. And so it's like, okay. So if people are like, well, how do you navigate kids? What do you teach them? It's like, you know what? He can share his perspective on life and what he believes. And I share my perspective. Well, I believe in this and he believes in this. What do you believe? There's, I don't think there's any need to force them to believe certain things. And, you know, I don't say like physical prayers like I used to, where I fold my arms and do this thing, but I live a very intentional life. And the truth is prayer intention. Truth is it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. We use different words and we tend to argue with people and fight with people over how do you not believe in a God and you need to pray and pray is so important. People get so worked up about things yeah. and it hurts relationships. And for me, I'm just, I'm above all of that. I love you as you are. You say your prayers, that works for you. That provides you peace. Do it. If it doesn't, don't. If you're in nature and that's your prayer is just connecting with nature, it's the same thing. So I just don't believe in arguing with people and people are more important than beliefs, than money, than things. And just showing love and accepting people where they're at. I don't need to convince anyone of anyone or of anything. So anyways, yeah. You feel complete? Yeah. I think I think this is more of because you have 19 years and I have a lot of experiences worth sharing. I don't have much to share since, I mean, I'm just scraping the surface of my own youth and being in relationship. But you're crushing it. And the, here's the deal, though. You, you're you de- dealing with a long-distance relationship, which is really challenging mm-hmm. and really hard. He's got two kids. You know, you don't have children. You, you're long-distance. You're not seeing him as much. Yeah, I guess it is not very simple, but it's there's unconditional love, so it makes it everything easy. Yeah. And it helps that we're both, you know, spiritual. So I, it helps that I, I feel him at every moment. I'm not away from him. Mm-hmm. Um, and he feels me just as much. So it helps to contact FaceTime. I mean, there's a lot of solutions for doing long distance relationship and it, it is painful. It's not easy and I can't wait to be home, but I wouldn't say that's the biggest 
the kids were easy. Like I just immediately fell in love with them. It's like, oh, I don't need to question it. I don't need to argue this. I don't need to feel anything less because I'm not their mother. I don't need to be. They're just beautiful human beings that I now get to share my life with Mm -hmm. and provide wisdom to as I can and be a guide. And that's about it. I don't need to, I don't even need, have any desire to be a stepmom. I don't believe in that relationship, you know, because you didn't come through me. I cannot be, play that role of a mother. I'm not, you know, but I can be a provider. I can be a nurturer and I can be a guide. So that, that was really easy to navigate. I think anything is truly navigate. Anything is easy to navigate so long as there is true unconditional love. And I just love the heck out of this human being. I'm so grateful to finally be with a human being that's that, that where I'm fully seen and felt. Where I don't need to actually even tell what I'm feeling. He'll just feel it before I even communicate what I'm feeling. Yeah. So it is. It is quite easy because we're entombed. I would say. Well, and that's beautiful. And the stuff that took me 19 years to learn to get to this place, you've learned it very quickly. So I'm a fast learner. And the <laughs> truth is you had a completely 180 different relationship oh, yeah. before this. Mm-hmm. It was a mess. It was abusive. It was, mm-hmm. you know, like you carrying the weight and just the whole thing was just yeah. a mess. And then now you're in this new relationship. And it's like because you did your inner work, he just kind of dropped in your lap. Once right. you healed yourself internally – you did, you're not ever going to attract that person again. Yes, that's the key. So I was doing my work on my own, staying celibate, staying away from you know relationship, realizing like, no, this person is going to come into my life. I just need to love myself and nurture myself, give myself that partnership, that inner masculine support that I need. And he was doing the same exact thing. So we were both doing our work. That's why I feel very fortunate. And I don't think I'm lucky. I do think I am blessed um, because because I was doing the work, I attracted the person who was also on that same frequency. Yeah. And we still are, you know, I have experienced, I mean, he sees, I'm traveling the world, I'm experiencing really intense things that I'm evolving in a very rapid pace and it can be very difficult for a relationship because you don't want to go ahead of the other person. Um, but I think doing this and sharing with him everything that I've learned helps tremendously. Um, but ultimately, as long as there's love and there's willingness to make things work, which turns out a lot of people don't, and I really feel for you if you don't have that partner that you truly love and receive love from, but they don't want to do the work, that is really hard. Yeah. And it's because it's been really easy for me to be with a person who's willing to have uncomfortable conversations at all times, whenever I need it. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I think this is a really important point to make is – Because there's a lot of people that are in relationships that are going to hear like, okay, well, wow, Melinda's been married for 19 years. You know, I want to have that relationship too. I just got to keep fighting, keep fighting, keep fighting. And some people, (laughs) the truth is they're fighting for something that's not worth fighting for. It has to be two sides putting into the relationship. That's the only way we were able to work through these things, you know? So if it's one person fighting for it, that's not what the answer is. It's just fighting harder, fighting more. In fact, don't fight. Yeah, we're, we're giving you two perspectives. So <laughs> a few weeks ago, we shared an episode on, you know, the marriage that didn't work and mm-hmm. it was a good thing to do. And then this is an example of a marriage that was worth fighting for. Mm-hmm. So both can co- both are valid and true. You just have to gauge for yourself. Yeah. Is this worth saving? Yeah. Are you just abiding by this, these, oh, this oath that you took for each other? Um, but is it worth saving? Is there like an equal exchange of energy or are you safe in this relationship? You know, and for you guys, it was very, it was an easy answer. You know, Mm -hmm. there was no giving up. It was like, no, we're going to make it, make it through. Mm -hmm. So, yep. Yeah. 
And just, but yeah, I think it's really realizing like, is this other person? So this is what I would suggest. If you're in a relationship, practice speaking your truth of what you need, setting the boundaries that you need uh-huh. for yourself to keep yourself safe, to feel love for whatever that you need. So one, you've got to think about process, feel what is that? And then communicate that with your partner and say, hey, this is what I need. I don't feel safe when you yell at the kids or you yell at me. I need I need that to stop. I need you to, before you feel that, go take some space for yourself. Whatever it is that you need to feel safe in the relationship, mm-hmm. let them know. And then if they don't honor that and they don't respect that and they keep doing the opposite, maybe you say do it one or two times and you're like, hey, we're not doing this anymore. Like, mm-hmm. this is what I need. If they're not giving you that respect of like, oh, I care about you. I will do anything to work on this. Yeah. That's how you know red flags, red flags. Maybe this is a relationship I don't want to stay in. Yeah. But you've got to start by speaking your truth in a good way. I gave you an example of not the good way. I thought it was the best way because I had never seen anything any differently. But the truth is I had to come and only communicate when you're in a good space. Don't ever try to communicate when you're emotional, when you're upset. Take space as long as that is. Maybe it's 20 minutes, maybe it's 30 minutes. And the person that leaves first, that's the person that should come back to the other person when they're ready. And that's what our therapist had said too. He gave these great little tools. So let them come back and yeah, just. Yeah, and I'm eager to always hear other people's perspective and experiences. So, you know, if you feel called to share um, things that may be helpful for you in this episode and um, tools that you have used to improve your marriage or signs that you realize like, no, I was ready, I was ready to let go of this. Um, it could be really helpful for you just never know who's going to be reading these things are permanently online and I find it really beneficial to read other people's comments and see what somebody else is going through yeah just know that you matter and this is your life this is your creation you get to choose who you're going to be with Mm -hmm. who you're not going to be with only you have the answers of if you should stay or if you should go I would never tell anybody what what to do it's like that's right I'd share my my story and my example and let them practice but I do think the best thing is to like practice in the relationship that you're in, mm-hmm. speaking your truth, setting those boundaries. And because the truth is if you don't work on your own healing in that relationship or on your own, you are going to attract that same person if you don't do your work. Yeah, it won't stop. Like, it won't stop. And that's why people say... not this person, it'll be the next one. And it will be divorce number two, divorce number three. Mm-hmm. So if you are considering getting a divorce, at least start speaking your truth. Give that person opportunity to change. Mm-hmm. Practice what you need in that relationship, whatever healing you need to, mm-hmm. you know. And if you know, okay, I'm going to let this person go anyways, well, practice even more speaking your truth till you're used to it. So when the next person comes into your life, you're just a natural of like, oh, actually, I'm not comfortable with this. Yeah. Oh, right. no, I want to eat at this restaurant. I yeah. want to do this. Like it, you got to get used to using your voice. And for me, that was a long process. And it feels good to get there. And if you really want to attract something beautiful in your life, you have to give that gift to yourself and you have to do your inner work Mm -hmm. or the pattern repeats is what I found. So giving you hope though, (laughs) giving you options. And thank you for listening to this episode. Yeah, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Mel and Rimsha Her Story podcast. If you found value in our life experiences and shares, then please like, subscribe, and share this with your loved ones who may also benefit. Follow us on the socials at Mel and Rimsha. From our heart to yours, with love and gratitude, we will see you on the next episode.